Encyclical Letter Ubi Primum on the Immaculate Conception by Pope Pius IX. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Ubi Primum on the Immaculate Conception To the Patriarchs, Primates, Archbishops and Bishops of the whole Catholic world, Pope Pius IX. Venerable Brethren, Health and Apostolic Benediction. From the first day, when raised without any merit of our own, but by a secret purpose of divine providence, to the supreme chair of the Prince of the Apostles, we took in hand the rudder of the whole Church. We were touched with the sovereign consolation, Venerable Brethren, when we knew in how marvelous a manner under the pontificate of our predecessor Gregory the Sixteenth of Venerable Memory, there was awakened throughout the whole Catholic world the ardent desire of seeing it at length decreed by a solemn judgment of the Holy See that the Most Holy Mother of God, who is also the tender mother of us all, the Immaculate Virgin Mary, was conceived without original sin. This most pious desire is clearly and manifestly attested and demonstrated by the incessant petitions presented, as well to our predecessor as to ourselves, wherein the most illustrious prelates, the most venerable canonical chapters, and the religious congregations, especially the illustrious order of preaching friars, have rivaled each other in soliciting that permission should be granted to add and pronounce aloud and publicly in the sacred liturgy, and also in the preface of the Mass of the Conception of the Blessed Virgin, the word immaculate. To these instances, our predecessor and we ourselves acceded with the utmost readiness. It has further come to pass, venerable brethren, that a great number among you have not ceased addressing to our predecessor and to us letters wherein expressing their redoubled wishes and their lively solicitations, they press us to resolve to define it as a doctrine of the Catholic Church, that the conception of the Blessed Virgin Mary was entirely immaculate and absolutely exempt from all stain of original sin. Moreover, there have not been wanting in our time men eminent for their genius, virtue, piety and learning, who in their learned and laborious writings have cast so brilliant a light upon this subject and most pious opinion that multitudes of persons are astonished that the Church and the Apostolic See have not yet decreed to the Most Holy Virgin this honor which the common piety of the faithful so ardently desires to see attributed to her by a solemn judgment and by the authority of the same Church and the same See. Assuredly, these wishes have been singularly pleasing and full of consolation to us, who, from our most tender years, have held nothing more dear, nothing more precious than to honor the Blessed Virgin with a particular piety, with a special veneration, and with the most intimate devotion of our heart, and to do all that seemed to us apt to contribute to her great glory and praise, and to the extension of her worship. Thus, from the commencement of our pontificate, 
we have directed with an extreme interest our most serious cares and thoughts towards an object of such high importance, and have not ceased to raise unto Almighty God humble and fervent prayers, that he may deign to illuminate our soul with the light of his heavenly grace, and make us know the determination which we ought to make upon this subject. We also repose all confidence in this, that the Blessed Virgin, who has been raised by the greatness of her merits above all the choirs of angels up to the throne of God, who has crushed under the foot of her virtues the head of the old serpent, and who, placed between Christ and the Church, full of graces and sweetness, has ever rescued the Christian people from the greatest calamities, from the snares and from the attacks of all their enemies, and has saved them from ruin, will in like manner deign, taking pity on us with that immense tenderness which is the habitual outpouring of her maternal heart, to drive away from us, by her instant and all-powerful protection before God, the sad and lamentable misfortunes, the cruel anguish, the pains and necessities which we suffer, to turn aside the scourges of divine wrath which afflict us by reason of our sins, to appease and dissipate the frightful storms of evil with which the church is assailed on all sides, to the unmeasured grief of our souls, and, in fine, to change our sorrow into joy. For you know perfectly, venerable brethren, that the foundation of our confidence is in the Most Holy Virgin, since it is in her that God has placed the plenitude of all good in such sort that if there be in us any hope, if there be any spiritual health, we know that it is from her that we receive it, because such is the will of him who hath willed that we should have all by the instrumentality of Mary. We have consequently chosen some ecclesiastics, distinguished by their piety and well-versed in theological studies, and at the same time a certain number of our venerable brethren, the cardinals of the Holy Roman Church, illustrious for their virtue, their religion, their wisdom, their prudence, and for their knowledge of divine things, and we have commissioned them carefully to examine this grave subject in all its relations, according to their prudence and their learning, and thereafter, as soon as possible, to lay before us their resolution. Herein we have thought fit to follow the illustrious footsteps of our predecessors and to imitate their example. For this reason it is, venerable brethren, that we address to you these letters, whereby we earnestly excite your distinguished piety and your episcopal solicitude, and we exhort you, each according to his prudence and his judgment, to ordain and to cause to be recited, each of you in his own diocese, public prayers to obtain of the merciful Father of Light, that he may deign to illuminate us with the superior brightness of his divine spirit, and may inspire us with a breath from on high, that in an affair of such great importance we may be able to take such a resolution as shall most contribute, as well to the glory of his holy name, as to the praise of the Blessed Virgin and the prophet of the Church Militant. We have a lively wish that you should as soon as possible make known to us 
with what devotion your clergy and faithful people are animated towards the conception of the Immaculate Virgin, and what desire they have to behold the Apostolic See promulgate a decree in this matter. We, above all, desire to know, venerable brethren, what are in this respect the wishes and feelings of your eminent wisdom. And as we already permitted to the Roman clergy to recite a certain office of the conception of the Most Holy Virgin, composed and printed very recently, in place of the office which is found in the ordinary breviary, we also accord to you, venerable brethren, the faculty of permitting all the clergy of your diocese, if you judge it convenient, to recite freely and lawfully the same office of the conception of the Most Holy Virgin, which is actually used by the Roman clergy, without your demanding this permission of us or of our sacred congregation of rites. We make no doubt, venerable brethren, but that your singular piety towards the Most Blessed Virgin will make you, with the utmost diligence and the most lively interest, comply with the desires we express to you, and that you will hasten to transmit to us within a convenient time the answers which we require of you. Meanwhile, receive as a pledge of all celestial favors, and above all as a witness of our goodwill towards you, the apostolic benediction which we give from the bottom of our heart to you, venerable brethren, as well as to all the clergy and all the faithful laity entrusted to your vigilance. Given at Gaeta on the second day of February, in the year 1849, in the third year of our pontificate. End of Encyclical Letter Ubi Primum on the Immaculate Conception by Pope Pius IX Read by Michael Shane Craig Lambert, L.C. Toulouse, France